Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. On September 11th, 2001, I received an email. Granted, I received many emails that horrible, horrible day. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, just beginning my second year at Virginia Seminary. And family and friends were reaching out to make sure that I was all right and all was well. But there is one particular message from that day that I will always remember. It was from a fraternity brother of mine. We hadn't spoken in months. And from the looks of the message, he had sent it to everyone in his address book. And the message was only one line long. Has anyone seen my father? His father worked in the World Trade Center. And no one would see him ever again. I can't begin or comprehend or imagine the terror and the panic behind such a message. In fact, I must confess to you this day that my life thus far has contained very few moments of real fear or panic. I lived a very sheltered childhood and wanted for nothing. I attended excellent schools with attentive teachers who were passionate about their disciplines. I am blessed with health, a beautiful spouse and children, with a fun and satisfying job and friends that I dearly love. And so, save the loss of my father way too soon, great sadness or profound injustice have not haunted the journey of my life. And for that, I must give thanks to God. And I was reminded of this privileged reality this week as I struggled to digest what happened in Charleston, South Carolina. And my struggle is not around what happened. That is easily identifiable as evil, plain and simple. And that evil cannot be explained away or excused. It must be identified and judged appropriately and cast into the outer darkness. Rather, my struggle is how I should respond. Our baptismal covenant instructs us to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself, and to strive for justice and peace among all people, and respect the dignity of every human being. And in the context of those promises, I think about the world we live in, and I wonder how I should respond. Could I speak up for those who are excluded? Could I stand with those who do not have access? Could I dare to speak what others fear to utter? Could I reach out to my brother and sister and tell them that I love them as a brother and as a sister and apologize for not telling them until now. There is so much I could do. 
But then Charleston happens, and I don't know how to respond. And then Sandy Hook happens, and I don't know how to respond. And Oklahoma City happens, and I don't know how to respond. And 16th Street Baptist Church happens, and I don't know how to respond. In fact, if I am honest with myself every day, if I open the newspaper and truly digest what is in front of me, and note all of the ways that we soil God's creation, I don't know how to respond. Powerlessness is difficult to admit. We like to believe we are in control. And if you're like me, we love to think we are in control. Whether it be the knickknacks on our desk or the course of our very destiny, we strive beyond all logic to be in control. And then life happens. A child is born. A doctor walks into an examination room. An unspoken dream becomes an actual possibility. A terrorist walks into a Bible study. And and our powerlessness is laid bare. Powerlessness is undoubtedly on the mind of Jesus' disciples this morning. Jesus is in the midst of his ministry. He is preaching to great crowds. And he decides to go across the sea and find who on the other side might hear the good news. And they get into the boat, and as they're going going across, a great storm arises. And the disciples are bailing water out of the boat, and waves are coming over the side, and they're probably moving cargo around and looking at the horizon, wondering where the storm might be breaking. And there is Jesus, asleep in the stern, all cozy on a cushion. And they say to him, probably through rather disrespectful, clenched teeth, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And if they spoke from their very human hearts, I wonder if they were saying something more like, Wake up! Look around! Can't you see what is happening? It's all falling apart. Any moment now, it will all be over. And you're asleep on a cushion. And Jesus stands. And he says to the storm, be still. Peace. And the wind ceases immediately. And the waves calm. And Jesus turns. Why are you afraid? Have you still No faith. If we are honest, if we own our own powerlessness and open our eyes to the conditions of humanity, we live in constant storm. If I am honest and look beyond the privileges that I enjoy, a tempest of brokenness and injustice rages. And the storm 
is only growing larger. But the key to unlocking this modern morass is with us in the boat, asleep in the stern. For the good news of Jesus Christ and our Savior's message of profound acceptance, of speaking truth, of naming injustice and inexhaustible, unconditional love, that will stand against the storm. And no brokenness made by humanity or by evil itself can deny His voice. And not only will that voice calm the storm, but it will instruct us on how we as Christ's disciples can be part of the solution. When we feel powerless, when we don't know how to respond, if we turn to God, the Holy Spirit will guide us. Undoubtedly, the Holy Spirit was there in the voices of the victims in Charleston. In a bond hearing on Friday, a daughter said, I forgive you. You took something very precious away from me. I will never talk to her ever again. I will never be able to hold her again. But I forgive you. That miraculous courage, courage I doubt I could muster if facing similar circumstances, God forbid, is nothing less than the voice of Christ calming the storm. Those words that say, peace, be still. And in the words of another victim, hate won't win. If we have faith, then what little we do will make a difference. And if we have faith, that small response will turn into immense change. And then through faith, the storm will finally end. And there at the center will be Jesus, turning our fear into joy. So let us begin. Amen.